it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Huh. Try to keep your mind off it? What else has that guy got to do but stress? I got enough on my plate without having to treat hypochondriacs. Yeah, well, that's like my point, man. We're all fried. I mean, have you taken a look at everybody out there? Everybody's way tense. Dude, I'm just saying, it'd be sweet if we could have, I don't know, something to do. We're surviving here, Hurley. And that's my main concern, is keeping us alive. Things could be worse. Ow! Welcome, everyone, as we head back to the island once again from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I am Kristen Howe. This episode, we continue on as we review and break down two more episodes of the first season of Lost, those being Episode 9, Solidarity, and Episode 10, Raised by Another. We're getting two more introduction backstories this time. We're getting Saeed and we're getting Claire. So... Two fan favorites. Yeah, one is yours and one is mine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> your your love for one character deepens, as did mine, <laughs> as, as yes. we're doing this. Uh, and it was interesting this time around, too, because we actually watched the episodes together, mm-hmm. which it took a little work, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we made it happen. We started an hour late. Yeah, it, we started an hour late. And Somewhere else. We had some people with us, though. We had, you know, some of our, our friends who were listeners joining us for the lost, uh, for yeah, the watch, and it was fun. Uh, Steve, Wendy, Wendy, and Jill. Jill. Steve, Wendy, and Jill? Yeah. Was there another? Uh, Christina? Was Christina there? I, oh, I don't want to say no, just in case she was. If she was, Christina, I'm sorry. She was. Ben totally remembers you. <laughs> I do. I completely remember you. And if you weren't there, you just have that much of an impact on us that I felt like you were. So I apologize. There you go. Good job, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Way to CYA there. Exactly. Uh, but just a quick um, rundown of the podcast, if you're new to it. Um, this is a spoiler-full podcast. Not necessarily on purpose, but sometimes we do divulge into conversations about the future of the series. Since And I've got some spoilers in my notes tonight. I think I have one or two as well. Yeah, so if you don't want spoilers, this may not be the episode, because I do have some big ones. Good. Because I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now and I do have a couple that, uh, that are in here that we'll talk about. So, apologies. If you don't like them, swim away. Just (laughs) swim away. Apologies if there are spoilers in here and you're new to watching the series. Uh, but it has been over, I I think it's been almost 10 years since the show. 2004, December 1st, 2004 was the air date of Raised by Another. Okay. So yeah, so we're over 10 years for the, for the series. God, over 10 years. My God. In 14 years. I know. Jesus. For, we're teenager level here. For you? I no, was a- teenager level as in 14 years. Oh, oh okay. I was going to say, I wasn't a teenager in 2004. It's the bad dad joke again. That was your time. That was your yeah. bad dad joke this time. Our time down here. It's <laughs> their time up there, but it's our time down here. All right, Goonie. Uh, best, best horrible speech ever. I can contest that, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> uh, but also, we cover two episodes per podcast, as we are this week, episodes 9 and 10. Uh, podcasts will be released on the 1st and 15th of every month. So as you are listening to this, August 1st has, approach- has approached. Uh, and Happy I am... Day. You say that every day. <laughs> August every 1st is payday, man. And, of course, uh, we will hopefully be bringing you conversations with the cast of Lost, as well as maybe some of the production crew at the same time. We're working on those. Uh, I'm currently in the works of doing them right now. And I'm aiming for hopefully in between seasons to, to have some of them. Uh, because I want, I want to keep going with the seasons. I don't want to break, you know, I don't want to do like episodes 11 and 12, stop and then do 
an interview and then do 1314. So maybe after, hopefully by the, we're done talking about the finale of season one, we'll have an interview kind of in between and then we'll, we'll jump into the next one. Cause I just realized too, in a six season show, by the end of the next episode, we're already halfway through season one. I know. It seems like it's going quick, but it's been like two months. So, you know, it is. Time flies when you're having fun. Is that what this is? Yes. (laughs) Sorry. That is what this is. Uh, So let's jump into the episodes themselves and how we do that is each of us present our top three uh, points that we want to talk about and discuss when it comes to these two episodes. So I'm going to kick it off to you. And what well, first was I want to know which one did you like better? I always go by which one I have more notes for, but I mm-hmm. don't think that qualifies this time. I have more notes for solidarity, but simply because it was Claire and her backstory and she's gorgeous and that Australian accent makes me melt. Uh, I think raised by another was probably my favorite of the two. Okay. What about you? Um, gosh, I, I honestly like them both equally this time. Usually I have a favorite when I come out, but I think that the two of them go so well together. Um, you know, it's kind of bookended by Saeed, uh, you know, coming back to the group at the end of raised by another and learning about him. And, um, I think there was some Claire elements. I think that we, uh, like Ethan was introduced in the, in, um, solidarity and so i just think that the two episodes go so much so well together that it was i kind of viewed it as one big episode okay that's a total cop-out excuse but all right no it's not i usually have a favorite (laughs) i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding all right raspberries um all right so now that that's out of the way uh, let's break, let's go down into our top three points of the episodes and I'll kick it off to you. What was your number three of the two episodes? My number three was Hurley. Um, actually, I just think that Hurley, um, very early into the series, he proves to be the unsung hero of just the genesis of getting the survivor group together. Uh, he's, He's got the the pulse on the morale of the group. He knows what they need. He knows what they don't need. You know, Jack is all business, and he's just so tunnel vision when it comes to just Jack. I, Jack does what Jack wants to do. Um, you know, I don't really think that he really thinks about others as much as, oh, somebody else needs something from me. Now what do I do? You know, uh, but I look at Hurley, and Hurley is so focused outward. He really never thinks of himself. Um you know, he builds the golf course because he thinks people need to have fun. Um, he wants the census because he understands that, you know, after Claire's attack, that, you know, just trusting these people just because everybody's in a plane crash together and survived, you know, that doesn't mean that they're all good people. And he thinks that, you know, there should be some kind of um, some kind of a, a list or, or, you know, the manifest should be updated, right? Yeah, he, he's he, doing it for the safety of others. He's not doing it for himself. Right. I mean, and, and and he gets something from Sawyer without having to give anything up. That's true. He's got away with he's got away with dealing with people. Right. And so it's just you know you see pockets of Hurley the entire time, and I think that he is. That's a good band name, by the way. Pockets of Hurley. Uh, <laughs> I'm writing that down. I call it. Uh, oh, fine. Damn it. <laughs> Um, so I just think that, um, I just think that, you know, especially with the, the manifest and what Hurley did, uh, with that and finding out that Ethan was not on the list, it validated what Claire was saying, um, making Jack once again, the worst, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, those Zach Morris's trash. I just, I would really like to make one for, for Jack one day. (laughs) Um, but I, I just love Hurley. I just think that, um, you know, we, we don't even know a backstory on him yet. We haven't gotten there, but we still know who this character is. And I think that says a lot about Hurley. Well, not only that, but I mean, he's a great character in that he, he really does have his finger on the pulse of everything that's going on on the island. Mm -hmm. He, he knows about 
what to do to increase morale with everybody that's there. But at the same time, he is also still one of the biggest sources of comic relief when it comes to the show itself. Uh, and one of my favorite moments of the, of, uh, the episode of solidarity is the beginning of the episode when Jack and Hurley are sitting there in the caves and Jack says to Hurley, you know, things really couldn't get any worse. Um, or no, Hurley <laughs> says to Jack, am I say, am I, I, I think it's, I know what you're talking about. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I know what you're talking about. Cause what does he say? He says, ah, um, Jack tells Hurley at least they're surviving and should be happy about that. Jack says things could be worse. Oh, that's Hurley right. Says, How? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which was such a, oh, an, an outlandish response to that, that, um, you know, I, I, one, I laugh out loud at the way his reaction was to that question. And at the same time, I shake my head and I just think to myself, oh, poor Hurley, if you only knew. <laughs> How bad it's going to get. <laughs> what you still have coming to you and this group. Like, you, it's, you, you should really watch your words. Yeah, but I mean, they are stranded on an island. As, as, uh, for me, this is a pretty bleak situation. So. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, at the same time, <laughs> you know. I also I, love Hurley with the, with Hurley and Charlie with the golf club. Oh my God. Their head. <laughs> One of my favorite yeah. memes ever. Yeah. It's, <laughs> just it's wonderful in every way and i mean and i can't wait to explore that a little bit more too because we you know we've seen a little bit of the relationship between hurley and charlie but to this point we haven't seen much of it we've seen kind of like the beginning stages of it uh we've seen more of the relationship between charlie and claire develop and especially in born uh, raised by another but I can't wait until we dive deeper into the whole Charlie and Hurley friendship because mm-hmm. it's it's one of my favorite parts of the entire show. I mean, to the point where, again, a spoiler, you know, when it comes to the last days of Charlie, like, I, I think I legitimately got teared up when I when you had to watch the the emotion on Hurley's face finding out about that. So, and Hurley is, he legitimately is one of my favorite characters. He is in my top three of favorite characters in the show. Yeah. He's a good character. I just like, um, I just like that. He, he does not consider himself first. No, he thinks of others before he thinks of himself. That's a good person. My daughter is like that. Yes, she is. Danny is awesome. Yeah. I love, I just love those those personalities because they're they're special and they're rare yeah and i mean we're we're definitely going to see a lot more of that as the show progresses too there's so many more examples of how hurley puts others before himself mm-hmm. so uh how about you what's your number three? my number three is uh sort of a statement but it kind of rings true in both episodes and that is that the father figures in this show up to this point are total dicks <laughs> uh, you know, we have two main father figures throughout the, the uh, that are kind of shined upon in these two episodes. In Solidarity, we hit, we get to see a little bit more of Michael and his relationship with Walt, and it's Ugh. not and it's not until the end with the golf course that we see Michael even lighten up a little bit. Uh, you know, at the, in the beginning of the episode, he's kind of really harsh to Walt. You know, um, and, and it's no wonder that you see this budding surrogate friendship developed between Walt and Locke in future episodes is because Michael's kind of a dick when it comes to Walt. Michael is the worst. <laughs> but I mean, on top of that, you know, you go forward into Raised by Another and you have, for the life of me, I can't remember his name, but the father of Claire's child just up and abandons her. Uh, Thomas? I think it is Thomas. But even before these two characters, the only other real father figure we've seen is, is Jax and Christian is Shepherd. Christian Shepherd and Christian is a dick. I mean, yeah. so we're really not seeing much when it comes to father figures out of this show. Every example of a father figure well, we have gotten has been a dick. And to further your point, Sawyer's dad wasn't exactly the best either. That's very true. And looking even further forward, there are 
many other examples of fathers being total dicks. I mean, we get Charles Whitmore later on, uh, you know, who we find out is a father of another character. Um, we haven't really seen much of oh, God. kind of the major villain of the entire series. Sort of. Um, yeah. But also going on that note, Ben is a total dick to Alex, even though Alex kind of a spoiler because we just got the first mentions of alex yeah. in these episodes <laughs> good job buddy <laughs> sorry that's a kind of a big spoiler but it is but we said we said at the beginning true but you know ben is kind of a dick to alex um well the whole jack father thing is something completely different um because that's not exactly real so we're not going to go into that one too far but um kate Kate kills her father. Well, no, kills her stepfather. stepfather. Uh, but she at the time thought he was her father. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's a really excellent point. I think uh, the showrunners have some daddy issues. Yeah, I, I'm starting to believe that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, my number three is just the simple fact, and we've already seen a couple samples of it, and there are more to come. That well, father and- figures are dicks. There is uh, Claire's father who really was awful to her. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, we want to talk about father figures. <laughs> well, we've, without saying too much, we've kind of already mentioned him. Yep. So, but that's all I'll say. We'll leave something to the to the people who haven't seen it yet and are watching it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, okay. So, sure. uh, but yeah, so that's that's my number three uh, for this. Going into number two, what about you? What's your number two? Um, I saw this. It's it's kind of like these thematic elements that came out um, in in both episodes, more in solidarity than in Raised by Another, but it did pop up in Raised by Another. Uh, you know, once or twice. And it was this concept of trust and mercy. Um, Saeed in the past and present uh, is trying to earn the trust of another woman. Um, in one case, he is uh, trying to uh, give mercy to Nadia by, you know, letting her go, by trying not to hurt her, by trying to reason with her um, so that he doesn't have to hurt her. But uh, that that's mercy. I'm sorry. He's trying to earn her trust by, by playing on um, their past relationship and uh, their friendship and the way that they grew up together and, and, and trying to get information by getting her to trust her. Um, and then in the present, when he's the one that's being tortured, uh, which is playing at the same time in, in a meanwhile kind of parallel, um, you know, he's trying to gain Danielle's um trust by offering to fix the music box and by trying to, you know, establish a connection with her by saying her name or asking about who Alex is or asking about her story or giving her the information that there's been 16, it's been 16 years. And then you see this, this form of mercy also, uh, emerging where he gives Nadia the, the mercy by letting her go and getting her to escape. And then on the same token, the present with Danielle, he's asking to be let go and he's asking to go rejoin his friends and, and to go help his friends with, uh, the new term that we hear, uh, from Danielle, which is the others. Um, yeah. So first then, time, first instance we're getting of that. Right. So then, you know, you see it just a little bit pop up in raised by another with uh, Claire and, you know, she's trusting the wrong person at first, you know, the father of her child, Thomas. And she sees, she sees the fortune teller and, um, you know, she doesn't trust him uh, and, and what's going on. And then she's kind of begging him and, and he shows her mercy by, by just saying, you know what, just here's a family for you. Go on this plane ride. It has to be this plane ride. You have to be on this, you know, just go, go, go. When really we know, okay, he knows that the only way that she's going to raise her child is if he's, if if Claire's in this plane crash, right? But at the time, you don't really know that that's what's going on. So it's just really interesting. Um, And then Claire, who's been, who's been so um, betrayed, by so many people, um, especially male figures. Uh, she thinks she's been betrayed by this fortune teller. She's, she's been betrayed by Thomas. She's been betrayed by her father. Um, and then Charlie approaches and he's everything good that she needs. And she's unwilling 
to, to take that step with him. Um, which I, I, I just find very interesting, but, but he's but, the one that brings up the point about the fortune teller. Yeah. But I, I was just going to say that too. I was just, that's the point I was going to make is that while she's not really willing to take that step with Charlie at the same time, Charlie is also kind of the one that makes the breakthrough with her. Uh, right. and that makes which her, you know, by, lets him in. yeah, which is by making her realize that this, mm-hmm. this fortune teller, this psychic is the one that is kind of responsible for her being where she is. Um, I want to focus on that for a second. And I'm curious because that's one of the things I have in my notes is when that's revealed. And I couldn't remember watching that episode if that was something that was revealed this episode or if it was something that was revealed later that the fortune teller kind of set it up for her to be. Uh, on that island when that happened and all of that was revealed when you first saw that was that something that was kind of like a revelation to you too was it something that you believed or was it something that you kind of just wrote off no 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 i um i mean when charlie made that point i i think that you know everybody was claire thinking oh yeah, that makes sense, you know, and, and what's interesting is that I haven't seen the show in so long uh, that I actually put he must have known about the crash. This is how she raises her son. And then in the very next scene, Charlie and uh, Claire have that conversation. I crossed it out in my notes saying, OK, well, that was answered. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. But when I said that, like, I couldn't remember because I remember watching the episode. I'm like, wait a minute. I think it's set up that he was the one responsible for being there. But I can't remember if that happens right. later or. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's interesting that 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 that's the case. But I I love the fact that it's, you know, it's it we're already getting these instances in the show. We're only 10 episodes in at this point. And we're already getting these these moments where like, wow, there's so much more to this that we don't even realize yet. And it it just keeps happening every every week. And the story is so impressively fleshed out. Yeah, which is wonderful. Yeah, I, so. I I can't like I'm again. It gets tougher and tougher every week to do this to not watch ahead because I want to know what's going to happen again. Yeah, I like it that we're limiting to to two episodes at a time just because there's so much TV that I love watching aside from this. <laughs> yep, uh, agreed. Agreed completely. What, what, uh, what about you? What was your number two? My number two, and it's it's. I have a couple things checked off here that I could use, um, but I'm going to go with this one. And it's the this is our first introduction of to the French woman, aka Danielle Rousseau. Danielle Rousseau. And I have written down the French woman's traps. Uh, because it's very interesting. I think this was something that had come up in our group watch of this in the chat. And this was something I kind of already knew. The first instance that we see, obviously, the, the episode starts with Saeed finding the cable running into the water, which mm-hmm. plays a huge part of the show later on, not necessarily mm-hmm. right now. It's kind of actually just kind of brought up and forgotten about in this episode until it, it comes up again later, a couple seasons down the road when we find out more about it. But back to the trap, we see Saeed, who's very intelligent, who is a military officer, kind of find the tripwire, step over it, but at the time step over it, trigger another trap. And, you know, this is what I think somebody had brought up, like, well, how did Saeed still trip the wire if he didn't know about it? Was it you? Okay, I couldn't remember who brought it up. (laughs) And I remember saying, like, well, this was a secondary trap. This wasn't the, the the same trap this is a woman who was so smart to know that somebody is going to see this tripwire they're going to step over it because let's be honest we've all seen those movies where there's tripwires and people just step over them and they're safe this woman has probably seen these movies and has set up a secondary trap which completely catches saeed off guard so we're not just seeing a woman who has been trapped for 16 years on this island She's learned and we don't yet know why at this point until a little bit later on in the episode when we get the first mention of the others. So my, my number two is basically the introduction of Danielle Rousseau. 
because she is such an intriguing character at this point. We don't know who she is. We don't know who she got there. We don't know who Alex is until the end of the episode. And even when it's revealed who Alex is, she simply says, my child. We don't know if it's a male or female. And that kind of plays into it a little bit later on in the show as well. So she is a character who is very mysterious at this point and kind of remains that way for a good portion. Yeah. She also has a really great line in, uh, in her episode where she says, there's no such thing as monsters. Um, and it's so true. That smoke monster, it's not a monster. She knows exactly what it is. She knows exactly what's going on. And I think that that's also a little bit of foreshadowing that she knows what that black smoke thing is. And she knows that it's not a monster, that it's something else. Um, so that's a nice little, you know, piece of foreshadowing that's yeah. just very, uh, very nuanced in the way that it's dropped. And she also knows about the bears. Oddly enough. Yeah. But I mean, when you've been on that island for 16 years, um, yeah, you would kind of know about them at the same time. My only question about it, and it's something that the writers don't exactly address, I don't think ever uh, throughout the course, one of many questions that we never get an answer to, is for somebody who's been on that island for as long as she has, and it, it probably has mapped that island as much as she has, because there are maps in her bungalow or whatever it is because Saeed does end up with them at the end we we did reveal we talked about this in an earlier episode that there are in fact two islands that are next to each other I'm wondering if it's ever been revealed that Rousseau knew that there was a second island and oh probably not which what makes me makes me question like for somebody who's been there for that long how could you not know there was another island I mean, and not only that, but if you know that these others exist and you've followed them and you've tracked them, which I'm sure she has, wouldn't you know where they're coming from at this point in 16 years? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I guess that's something that we can definitely talk about later. No, I want to talk about it now, damn it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Because I, again, because the, I just feel like what once you have more of the story and and you're like more in it, that maybe we could like talk about it. Well, yeah, because more the, intelligently, the, I don't know. This could have been revealed. This is something that might have been discussed, and I've just forgotten about. So yeah, so yeah. As, it's something to pay attention to as we go through, because we know about her child. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't know if it's ever been revealed about her as to whether or not she's ever been that far. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that as we continue forward. So yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely I'd I'd like to know the answer. So that's cool. You're just blowing smoke. You don't care. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's talk about your number one. Yeah. <laughs> You're ready to wrap up already. <laughs> No, you know, my number one was Ethan. Uh, we get our very first villain uh, in these two episodes, I think. Um, you know, Ethan is a guy that you thought was kind of helpful and kind of cool, whatever. And then, like, as the story unfolds a little bit, he just starts to get a little bit more creepy. Um, not in any sense of, and maybe it's just that we've seen it. We've, if, as somebody that's seen the whole show, you're kind of like, oh yeah, here's Ethan. No, we're finally going to see the beginning of Ethan, right? So yeah. you're like, you're watching him kind of skulk around a little bit and, and you know what, what's happening and what's going on. And, you know, when, when Claire says that, you know, her mouth has been covered and somebody stabbed her with something in her belly, like, we know what that is. We know exactly what that is, you know? And, um, and so, you know, when I was doing my research for the show, I brushed up on, you know, Ethan's entire story. And, and I, all of a sudden, you know, I remembered exactly what and who he was. And I just got really excited about kind of what the next few episodes were going <laughs> to be for Ethan and Claire. Um, oh, and a certain moment for Charlie, too, which I, oh, God. Yeah. So Ethan, Ethan says his last name is Rom. And, 
anybody that doesn't know, uh, Ethan Rom is actually an anagram for other man. Um, really? And, yes. I did not know that. Yeah. And so it it's, was a, and his, he actually has a real last name, um, which we learn later on in the series. It's Goodspeed. And, um, so he takes on this alias from the very beginning, uh, Ethan Rom. His name is really Ethan, but as he says, his last name is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, as we learn later, he's been sent there. Um, and he has a specific agenda and that agenda, you know, is Claire. And so it's very, very cool to see kind of the beginnings of what's going on. But then when you do your research on Ethan, you realize that his intentions are really warped, but they're kind of good. It's, it's, it's weird. Like you have to kind of understand what's going on with the story in order to understand what he's trying to do. Um, because you learn that the island has some secrets. Yeah. And especially when it comes to pregnant women, um, which you learn later. So. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting that you bring that up, too, because I remember the first time watching these episodes that I was so intrigued by everything else that was going on that when it got revealed at the end of that episode that Ethan was the guy that wasn't on the manifest – I don't think it had even ever clicked until that point that Ethan was the guy that was being weird. I thought this was just another, you know, cause we, it, or in, um, in solidarity, we got introduced to the hypochondriac. So we were still constantly meeting new survivors that we hadn't seen before. I had mm-hmm. thought Ethan was just another one of those guys because he was also introduced in that episode. So it was right, kind but of, he never got Jack. No, no. Um, you know, so it was, it was kind of interesting that it, I, I thought it was kind of smart in the way of the writing that we got introduced to that hypochondriac and Ethan at the same time. It was kind of almost a little bit of a smokescreen so that oh, you, uh-huh. you the wouldn't, yeah, so that you would kind of think at the same time, well, a little bit of a red herring, but also a distraction so that when you just mm-hmm. see this random guy happen to pop up after six and uh, nine episodes, you're not automatically drawn to him. We've gotten other new characters introduced at the same time. So by episode 10, when it's revealed he was not the guy on the manifest, you're like, oh, okay, I, I kind of didn't see that coming because I remember I didn't. I, when it was revealed that Ethan was the guy, I was like, oh shit, like I didn't see that one at all for some reason. Um, but also, you know, going forward a little bit, talking about like Ethan Goodspeed, which is his real name and where he came from and what his orders were, it's kind of almost a little disheartening when you realize a little bit later on in the series, because when you see Ethan now and you see everything that plays out and everything that happens to him, you're like, yeah, rightfully so. That guy was a bad, like he was bad, like everything that he got, he deserved. But then when you fast forward a little bit and you see Ethan again in like flashbacks and stuff like that from where he actually came from and what his purpose Mm was you think back to everything that happened in your him to and you you kind of realize like whoa they had they known what was really going on they totally overreacted Mm -hmm. and you kind of killed you kind of punished an innocent man and that's that's the whole like that that's kind of like the problem that you have with the walking dead right now right is that when do our heroes become the villains and 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 good and bad just ebbs and flows out of people so easily right um and it's all about perspective i mean it if we saw the perspective of the show from Ethan from the very beginning, we would understand what he was doing. And then what happens to him subsequently uh, is tragic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? Cause I mean, he's, he's, he's simply when you look forward and this is going ahead a little bit. So it's a little bit of a spoiler, but you, you kind of realize later on that he was simply a, he was, a, he was a group of people that were living where they were he was given an assignment so he was given something to do and he was simply following through on that assignment he there was not really ill will intended and it kind of just plays out in a way that 
you're well, right. I mean, he had lost, he had lost his family and he had, um, he had been a surgeon. Um, he had been working with, with the issue of pregnant women on the Island. I mean, he had an entire backstory. Yeah. So, Which you don't get until later. A very tragic backstory. Um, you know, and I think he was, you know, he was probably used like their leader uses everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, so, but we get kind of the very first villain from the survivor's uh, point of view. Uh, and Ethan, it's the first time that we see that there are other people on the island. I mean, first with Danielle and then with um, Ethan. Yeah. You know? got two people from two different groups of people that have run into these survivors now. So now they really need to kind of figure out what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, what about your number one? My number one, <laughs> I'm actually surprised you didn't name it as one of your three. And it's called one thing, but I call it something completely different. Uh, it's called the Island Open. But I call it the Hurley Open because uh-huh. he is the creator. And there's, in all honesty, there's really not a lot to talk about when it comes to this. But it is one of my absolute favorite moments, not only of the episode, but also of season one. And we, we kind of dove into it a little bit earlier when we were talking about Hurley in, in our, at the top of our top three. But just the fact that you see Hurley come up with something and come up with this idea and follow through with it. And it's one of those ideas that when it's first pitched to the group, like when Jack and Michael see it, you know, they say to him, like, we don't really have time for this. And it's Hurley that speaks up and says, like, everybody could use a little bit of fun. And the very next scene that you see of it is is Jack planning his shot with Michael. Mm -hmm. So they've completely fallen into it. And not only that, but, you know, I brought up the hypochondriac earlier, but he's another guy who comes up to Jack about this rash that he has, (laughs) immediately sees this golf game and says, and forgets all about his ailments and just says, can I play? Mm -hmm. And by the end of this episode, we see everybody, including Sawyer, coming in and being a part of this. That was one of my favorite moments. I'm glad that you brought that up. I knew that you were going to bring up the, the <laughs> island open, which is why I didn't bother. But um, but Sawyer Sawyer took Hurley's advice. And they found something to do. Advice? Yeah. Was it Hurley's advice when he said, you know, you could you could be a good guy or you could get involved or yeah. you know, something like that. I don't I, I never know if it's Hurley or Kate because you know, those are the only two people that it seems that seem to I think they with I think Sawyer. they've both said it to him at a time, but I think in this episode it was Hurley. Because I don't actually Kate, I don't think Kate until the extended- end Yeah, not until the end. We we don't get any Kate Sawyer interaction until close to the end of the episode. Well, good, because she's so hateful towards him. This is like one of the first times she's been genuinely nice to him. And she's like, yeah, I'll take that action. Like she's appreciating. She understands that he's taken a big step here. Yeah. And every nobody wants to engage with, you know, the the bad guy, you know, um, until Kate Kate takes a chance on him. And and that's so great. You're right. You know, that that golf game you know, just relaxed everybody for the first time, probably since they crashed. Well, and not only that, but I think it's also not only is it kind of a lighter moment for everybody on the island, but things are already starting to pick up in this show. We've learned about like a monster in the woods. We've learned about like We've seen torture. We've seen, uh, you know, the, and de- death and like somebody drowning and a marshal and things like that. There's so many hectic things already going on in this show that not only was this a lighthearted moment and kind of a relieving moment for the castaways, but this is also a lighthearted and relieving moment for the viewers mm-hmm. at the same time. So it has a double meaning, but it's again, like it just, it, it brings so much happiness every time. Like you mentioned the, the Hurley and Charlie with the golf clubs kind of dancing down at the hole, you mm-hmm. know, teasing Jack and, and such. And I, I just think of that and I smile and I chuckle every time I think about it because mm-hmm. it is such a great moment from the episode. It's like Glenn with the red car. 
Yes. Yeah. And the that's what the that's the pilot, I think, isn't it? Uh, of no, Walking it's Dead. Episode three, Guts. Okay. Well, you would know that better than I would. Yeah, that's pathetic. That's okay. No, it's fine. But yeah, it's just my number one has to be the island open, a.k.a. the Hurley open. open. And the sad part about it is I don't think we see it again. Uh, Maybe we see people in the background playing. We'll look for it. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it. But it also made me laugh, too, because it was another one of those moments going back. And I'm thinking... You guys are out in the middle of an open field, and there is very obviously some kind of monster or creature going around somewhere. You, <laughs> you completely let that fall to the back of your brain and forget about it for so right. much. I know. <laughs> I would that's be legit so scared to leave the cave. I, that's just me. So, but I mean, like, again, it's, it's such a, just an important event because for the first time, I think since the crash, it's something so simple. But it brings everybody together. Mm-hmm. Kate, Live together, die alone. Yeah. I mean, Jack, Michael, Walt, Sawyer, Kate, Boone, Shannon, everybody is there with the exception of Saeed. Rose and Jin and, and well, actually, and Jin and Son, we don't, I don't think we see Jin and Son at all in these two episodes. They, they, you know, they got their own stuff to work out. Yeah. That's very, very true. They're, they're in marriage counseling. <laughs> Who's the counselor? I don't know. Hurley seems busy, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who would be the counselor in that. The only person I can think of would be Michael, but that's because he knows some speaks. That's true. So um, so now that our top three are out of the way, I do have some other quick notes and stuff, as I'm sure you do, too. Um, one of the things I, I, I want to I have to bring up is, you know, yet again, episode 10. I think this is the fourth time in 10 episodes. We start with the eye. We get another close-up of the eye, and this time it's Claire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not in solidarity, though. No, not in solidarity. So, uh, yeah, but it's it's interesting. I'm, I'm keeping the count as to how many times that happens. Oh, good. So, and I think we're up to four at this point. I got to double check. But I think that's the fourth time. Because it happens in the first two episodes, two, both parts of the pilot, uh, one other time since then, and then there's this time. So I'm pretty sure it's four. So, um. And I think, again, just one of the other really big moments that happens in these two episodes is it's kind of the final moment of episode 10. And it really starts to make a shift to where the show is going to head. And it's Saeed's words. We're not alone. Mm-hmm. And it really it, the show really does hit a tonal shift at that point, because you're realizing, just as Saeed said, they're not alone on this island. There are others, and you don't know to what degree because we're kind of seeing it from multiple places. So it, right. it's fun to watch, and it's going to be even more fun to, to keep going with it. So, I agree. What about you? What are some other notes that you have? Uh, one of them I just thought of while you were talking uh, a little bit ago, um, and that was with, um, you know, Saeed. He... Um, it, it was very interesting. I realized that he was ordered to kill Nadia and couldn't. And he was, he had the shot on Danielle and did. I mean, the gun didn't work, but he pulled the trigger. So I don't know if it shows like he's learning or his mercy is gone or. Or what, but I just thought that was an interesting parallel between the, the flashback and the present day um, scenarios that was happening with Saeed. Yeah. Um, and do I have anything else? Oh, I thought it was fu- I thought it was funny the uh, the weird parallel that we have in in our in not our current world, but in reality, you know there there are wars that happen while. Um, Everybody back home goes on with their daily activities. Uh, and, and in this instance, uh, everybody was playing golf while Saeed was being tortured by, uh, Rousseau. And I thought that it showed that stark contrast of, uh, of war and just kind of the cost of war against, uh, everyday life. Just kind of like that, uh, joy and terror, um, contrast. Okay. Um, 
I think that's it. Cause I had one that was a spoiler, but that's okay. <laughs> you're not going to go into it. Nah. So, um, yeah, the, the only other one I have, and it'll be interesting to see if you agree with me on this and probably not, probably not knowing our dynamic and what we've seen so far in four episodes <laughs> of this podcast. Uh, we've seen some differences in characters from what we see of them on the island and then what we see they are in their flashbacks. We know, you know, John Locke seems like this woodsman badass, but we know in his, before the crash, he was a paralyzed person. Um, you know, Jack is pretty straightforward. He's, you know, he was a doctor beforehand and he's a, he's showing himself to be a doctor on the island. Um, Saeed, uh, Sawyer's kind of a hard ass, but in the dynamic of who they were as to compared to what they were, Saeed seems pretty legit who he claims to be and who he has claimed to be. He's, yes. he's been very straightforward when it came to like torturing Sawyer and like, this is what I did. This is who I was. I was in the Republican Guard and we're seeing in his flashback, he is exactly the person he has said he is. There's no games when it comes to Saeed. Saeed is not pretending to be anybody different. He is who he is. There's been no but change. While that was his job, that was not who he was. True. You know, he's kind. He's generous. He's thoughtful. He's smart. He's extremely layered. Um, he's, he's just such an interesting character. And Naveen Andrews plays him so brilliantly. Um you know, you just can't help but be, um, just fall right into Saeed and whatever he's doing. You're just like, oh, well, we're going somewhere interesting because we're following Saeed. So yeah. I'm going to see where this takes me, you know? Well, maybe it almost plays out. Um, if there's any kind of change between his flashback and, and the present time of Sawyer, Saeed on the island, maybe it kind of plays out kind of the opposite. Whereas, you know, he's kind of become more hardened due to the island because, as you mentioned, he was willing to pull the trigger against Rousseau, mm -hmm. but yet he wasn't willing to kill Nadia. So maybe it's kind of played out the opposite way for Saeed is that he's become more hardened and now he's willing to do it. Yeah, maybe because Saeed was willing to continue torturing Sawyer. Yeah. Um, over the asthma medication until Kate told Jack to tell Saeed to stop. Because Jack was gonna was willing to let it go as far as it needed to as well, um, you know. So maybe you're right. Maybe there was a hardening, but you know he gets softened a little later. That's very very true, and I don't know in what way you meant that. And I'm not going to question it. I meant with with with, <laughs> with Shannon. Okay. Oh, all right. But. I I was trying to make another bad dad joke and it didn't work well, out. There, that was a bad, bad, bad joke. <laughs> that wasn't even a dad joke. That was a dad joke. Dads don't say those jokes. <laughs> You've never met my dad. Well, um, nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I think it's going to wrap it up for most of the discussion of these two episodes. Uh, yeah. as, as far as feedback goes, not a lot that's come in, uh, but we did get a voicemail from our, our friend Steve. So we're going to go ahead and play that right now. Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Steve. I uh, hope this gets in in time. If not, uh, no worries. I guess it, it, a lot of it is just thoughts for the whole series, really, is that I'm seeing more and more, especially in these two episodes, that there are so many things that were set up for later on in the series that I almost wonder if they wanted it to go, like they'd mapped it out maybe for like eight seasons, and when the ratings were so bad, after coming back after the writer's strike season, they decided to limit it to five seasons. Anyway, that's just my thought. I'm going to try to rewatch these two episodes tonight if I can. I know you guys are recording tonight, so uh, I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Thanks. Oh, and before I forget, I did want to say one thing that I mentioned on when we were watching it as a all together, and that's why does it take them two more seasons to want to know where the rest of that cable goes to that Saeed finds at the beginning of Solitary? Anyway, bye. First things first, Steve, thank you for the voicemail, as you usually leave us every week. Um, but he does make a good point. I mean, I've heard it from a number of different people who have said that they stopped watching the show or they weren't interested in the show because it felt like the writers didn't know where they were going with that. And I know Steve was somebody who said the same thing, 
before he started rewatching with us. And now, you know, he's making the point. He's rewatching and he's saying, I think I was wrong. I, I think these writers did kind of have a plan. So it's, well, it, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's very obvious when, when you look in the beginning of the show that they did have a plan. I agree. Yeah. I mean, right it, down to Ethan Rom. Exactly. I mean, you look at, uh, you, you look at what we know of Ethan now and then we don't see Ethan again. I don't think until season three. So I think we see him in the next episode. No, no. I mean, after all of this current Ethan plays out over the next couple episodes, we don't see him again, I think, till season three or four. Yeah, maybe. So I don't know. You're right. And and Steve made a good point that he thinks that it could have possibly been an eight season arc and the ratings kind of. Heard it, which they did. The writer strike hurt a lot of shows at that time. There were some shows that, break. yeah, there were some shows that didn't even come back after the writer strike, which is sad. But, um, and you know, we've talked about what the writer strike, how the writer strike pissed me off with Lost because it took a break at a pivotal moment of the show, and I had to wait four months for the show to come back. Mm-hmm. I'll get into that again when we're talking about that. I but, have no doubt. But he also made, you know, Steve also made a good point too, is when he says, why does it take three seasons for anybody to question that cable again? Well, you know, there's a lot going on, Steve. There's a yeah. lot going on. <laughs> That's very, that, very true. That is low on the priority list with, you know, men stabbing pregnant women in the bellies and big smoke monsters running through the forest and hatches and. And actually, you know, and you know what, thinking about it, thinking about it, that cable comes back up again before the end of this season. Yeah, because Saeed tries to go back to Rousseau. No, Hurley finds it. Oh, okay. Because remember, they're going to find dynamite. Yeah, we made a really long time since I've seen that. Hurley's the next one to find that cable and it's later this season. I'm not surprised. Hurley's amazing. Hurley's awesome. I hope we get Jorge Garcia on this podcast. I'm trying. He's at the top. He's in my like top five of cast I want to talk to. Oh, good. We and- can talk to him about Hawaii Five O and why Alcat and if Alcatraz will ever come back. Oh God, I loved Alcatraz. It's that, that sucks. Was- that show got canceled. It ended on a cliffhanger, a really big cliffhanger. And then we can know. and then we can talk to Josh Holloway about what he's doing with his time now. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Hopefully that gets picked up by another network. There's a lot of – I've seen a lot of clamoring online of people who want that show to come back. So Yeah, I signed a petition. I know you did. I, and I shared it to my Facebook page. Uh, I know you did. Anybody that wants that, you just let us know and I'll send you that petition you for should Colony post, to bring you, it back. You should post it in the Lost Revisited Facebook page. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tonight. It's, it's – it's connected. Josh Holloway was a cast member of Lost. Let's yeah. save Colony because he was, we like him as an actor. Speaking of cast members for Lost, uh, Terry O'Quinn has a new show yes, that I've seen the first episode of, and it is fantastic. I want to watch it so bad. It's Castle Rock on Hulu. J.J. Abrams, Stephen King, Terry O'Quinn is in it. Um, a few other actors that I recognize as well. Uh, uh, Skarsgård is in it. Pennywise. Yeah. Which Skarsgård is it? Um. Uh, not Al- Not Alex. It's not Bill. It's Bill. No, Bill. I think was in True Blood, wasn't he? I'm so sorry, Rima and Sean. I know that you guys are kind of <laughs> shouting if you're listening to this. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Castle Rock is really, really good, and uh, Podcastica has a. Um, they're covering it on Strange Indeed. I'm it's, sorry. It, it's it is Bill. You were right. It's Bill Skarsgård. Bill's go. Oh, yeah. Yay me. Anyways, uh, I watched the first episode a couple days ago. It's fantastic. Terry O'Quinn is, you know, he's in it. I wouldn't say that he's a major character yet. Um, I'm intrigued as to where his character might be going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, watch it. Well, I know as of right now, I think there are three episodes on Hulu. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, um, that's something. They come out every Wednesday. Yeah, that's something I want to jump into it too. I think I'm waiting for another episode or two to drop before I start it. But, um, I've been looking forward to it since I saw 
Yeah, it's a good one. Since I saw the the uh, the preview for it, and I'm uh, I'm really really can't wait to check it out. Um, it's interesting too because you mentioned Bill Skarsgård who plays Pennywise in the new It, but um, Chosen Jacobs is also in the show who played Mike in it as well. So there are two people from another Stephen King project that are in Castle Rock. Cool. And it'll the blonde one. Is he blonde or not blonde, but no, he's, he's African American. Um, he's like 16 years old. So he's a younger. <gasps> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I think okay. he, uh, cool. when Wendell, I think is the, the name of the character. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I can't wait. I might even watch it now. Just talking about it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to watch episode two tonight. So, um, but I think unless you have anything else, we can kind of get ready to close things out. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, uh, obviously next week, uh, next week, I'm still used to recording like weekly podcasts and I forget that we do this one twice a month. So, um, next episode rather not next week uh we are going to be covering episodes 11 and 12 11 is all the best cowboys have daddy issues which i believe is uh jack and his dad again uh and whatever the case may be which is okay that's a that's a kate episode Mm -hmm. so yeah it's interesting that we're getting duplicates now of we're getting second flashbacks into some characters when we haven't even gotten flashbacks into others yet. Yeah, we still haven't gotten Michael and Walt. We haven't gotten Boone and Shannon. Um, but you know, all in due time, we get them all. Yep. As time moves forward. So yeah, so episodes 10 or episodes 11 and 12 are the next two episodes. Uh, we'll be releasing that podcast on August 15th, probably recording a couple days before that. So plenty of time to leave us feedback on those two episodes, which we encourage you guys to do. And you can do that first off on Facebook at facebook.com lost revisited. Uh, we're on Instagram at Lost Revisited Pod. Uh, you can email us at Lost Revisited Pod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave us a message, you can record it yourself and send it to our email address or Facebook Messenger. Or Facebook Messenger, either one. And last but not least, we encourage you to check out all the podcasts that we have, both on the Next Level Podcast Network and the Podcastica Network. Uh, a lot of great ones that, you know, we have. Our you inter- just did an interview recently. I did. I just had an interview with David Kettner, who, if you don't know him by name, you definitely know him by face, especially if you're a fan of the Anchorman movies or the office he is champ kind the sports guy on anchorman one and two and he plays todd packer on the office and he (laughs) was so nice to talk to very accommodating i got about a good 30 minute almost 30 minutes with him and then i went and saw him live that night and got to meet him after the show and he was extremely nice and absolutely hysterical so uh next level radio online.com is where you can check that one out Cool. um, But yeah, as you mentioned, too, um, uh, Rima and Sean are jumping into Castle Rock on uh, the Strange Indeed podcast. And I think we're, what, two weeks away from Fear the Walking Dead returning? Fear the Walking Dead comes back August 12th. So Lucy and Jason will be tackling that. And if you haven't listened to Lucy and Jason, they've got a great chemistry. Lucy's Scottish and she's wonderful. Yes. She's insanely smart. Um, I highly recommend that podcast right now. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be jumping back in the new episodes, I think, in about like two weeks. I think yeah, it is. Yeah. When Fear the Walking Dead returns. So a lot of great material on both Next Level Radio, on both Next Level Podcast Network and Podcast. We, can, we encourage you to check them both out. Uh, any last words before we, we sign things off and we move along? No, man. <laughs> Nah, you, you were so delayed in answering that too. It's like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I booked my flight for Walker Stalker Atlanta. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? And I know we've gotten, our numbers are pretty good. We're only five episodes into this podcast after this one, and we're already pulling some really good numbers, which I absolutely love. But Great. to anybody who listens to us, who also listens to, you know, uh, Walking Dead cast or Strange Indeed or anything on Next Level, if any of you guys are planning on being out in Atlanta for Walker Stalker Con in October, uh, we encourage you to message us and let us know because Kristen and I are both going to be out there with a great group of people. Um, 
and if the we'll possible airport for hours <laughs> yes we will waiting for everybody else to get there we're the first to arrive and we will be the drunkest ones there by the time everybody arrives and the, the everybody will have a, arrived by one o'clock so that's saying a lot that we're going to be drunk by the time everybody's going to be there and uh, we show up, i show up a quarter to nine i'm there at nine yep so it i'm not too long after you you only got to wait like it'll 15. Be, it'll be really, really fun. Yeah, you only got to wait 15 minutes. But I mean, again, if anybody's going to be out there in, in the Atlanta area toward, uh, you know, towards uh, the end of October, hey, hit us up because I'm Jason. I know loves to meet other podcast podcastica listeners, and we would love to meet anybody who listens to this podcast as well. I would love that. That would be so fun. So, uh, but I guess that's it. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of We Have to Go Back. Uh, again, two more episodes. August 15th is when you can expect that. But until then, we'll see you guys down the road. Take care. Hey. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>